World Podcast, brought to you in association with MS Amlin Boat Insurance. Hello and welcome to the Waterways World Podcast. I'm Bobby Cowling, the editor of the magazine, and with me for this episode is Robbie Cumming, a popular boat vlogger and star of his own BBC4 TV series, Canal Boat Diaries. Robbie has been a residential boater since 2015 when he brought a 42-foot narrowboat and set out to explore the network. After documenting his cruising adventures on YouTube, he came to the attention of the BBC, who commissioned a TV series based on his vlogging format. Shot largely on the smartphone and providing an ultra-realistic perspective of boating life, Canal Boat Diaries was first broadcast in the autumn of 2019 and quickly proved a hit. So much so that a second series was commissioned, which is due to be broadcast later this year. I was fortunate to catch up with Robbie on a glorious Sunday afternoon in September when he was passing through Birmingham. Keen to adhere to social distancing guidelines, we conducted our conversation outdoors at Gas Street Basin. And we begin with a discussion of the waterways of the second city. Very varied, the canals of Birmingham, you must find them. Yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to exploring them um, to a certain extent, although I do, I'm always on a mission to get somewhere else. So, yeah. but it gives me an excuse to come back. The fact that I'm missing off Dudley, number one and number two, or the Walsall Canal, I, I can come back and do them another time. Yeah. It's a good excuse. Have you done the Walsall? No. no. Tame Valley as well. Like, We're back to Birmingham and Faisley. Yeah, done that one, yeah. yeah. What did you think? Um, yeah, the parts of it are absolutely disgusting, and the parts of it really <laughs> so surprised true. me. That yeah, yeah. I was like, "Wow, this is this is fantastic. It's so, so authentic, true. so yeah. you know, gritty in a in a <laughs> in a good way." Yeah, I'm just fascinated by it all. Really, I'm a, I'm a complete canal geek. I love canal archaeology. You do still get a lot of sense of. Uh, the industrial side of the waterways here because you'll often pass I think it's like the same in most cities you pass that sort of industrial area to get to yeah. the touristy part I think more so middle. more so Birmingham than a lot yes, of cities yes definitely it's very post-industrial isn't it yeah but you, you know I passed by a few part. yes at that part Aston yeah. Locks there I passed by a few doors open and there's like metal works going on yeah. and there's a bloke having a fag outside and it's yeah. like it's almost like nothing's changed in some ways there's sparks flying over the welders across the road there's scrap heaps every, uh, everywhere yeah I know yeah it is famous. it's definitely authentic yeah say. <laughs> um, we're recording this in September so mm. your new series which is now due to be broadcast in January is it? December December yeah um, okay. we've already got pushed back it's been pushed back a month or so well, has it? yeah because um, due to the pandemic we've, we've had two months where we've had to just wait until we can get the go ahead from CRT to, to, to actually go out there and, and start filming and I was one of the first boats out there uh, we start our journey for the next series Ellesmere Port oh nice um, 
going down to Chester. That was the first leg of it. And I remember how much, you won't believe, when you, when you see the footage, you won't believe how much weed I've got out of the propeller. It, it, honestly, it's more than you'd, you'd ever expect. Really? More than I've ever filmed for YouTube anyway. So, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I never, why so though? Why? It took, it's like a nine, nine mile stretch. And yeah. it took, and it, well, it's because. This is the North Strapi, yeah? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, northernmost part of that. Um, so we started off at the Inland Waterways Museum, which was closed due to the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and it, the weather wasn't too great. It was a little bit sort of um, murky, but that actually adds to it. It makes it feel a bit sure. more gritty. And, you know, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, almost immediately we run into uh, thick weed. And the behind the scenes for, for you is uh, that it took us almost a day and a half to film that nine mile stretch because wow. we didn't even make it to Chester on the first day because there's so, there so much weed in there. And I say weed because it was myself, um, my producer Stuart Woodman and our drone pilot Phil. And because they're filming on the sort of towpath, they can't really help me help if you, I'm yeah. stuck in the middle yeah, of the canal. Sure. Yeah. So I'm like, just wait a second guys. And I'm just down the weed hatch pulling out absolute huge swathes of it. I didn't know that was a problem up there, no. It can on, on yeah. lesser used waterways. I know, like the Chesterfield yeah, yeah, Canal, I for example. Yeah, I, I, big problem. I, I presume that the, the Shropy, even the northern part, yeah. I know it's not as well traversed as you know the other. But I, I would have thought that was okay. I mean, the Chesterfield won't surprise me because it doesn't it sees doesn't see as much traffic. Yeah, does it? Any, yeah. any dead end canal it doesn't see as yeah. much traffic, does it? Yeah. But also the CRT staff, they've all they've all been furloughed mm. as, as far as I know over the. So when did filming period, start? So. It actually started on June, uh, June the 6th, right at the right. start of June. And, yeah, so we had to wait a couple of months to actually get going. Because um, I always want to, I want to show people what it's like cruising around in winter or, you know, in spring. Mm. Yeah. When it's cold, you know. And, <laughs> um, but so we just had to start in summer. But we've got some incredible weather and the footage we've got, it's better than the first series, definitely. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. What, what's, because the, the first stuff, I mean, the drone stuff's fantastic. Yeah. It adds a whole new dimension, doesn't it? It really does. And we, we, the first series, we had various different drone pilots, all were absolutely brilliant. But there was one chap that we just, myself and Stuart, we just, we really clicked with. And mm. so we, we made sure that we were sort of aligning all our filming dates. So maybe like one day a week, I've got, we were all together and we're filming like a, maybe a 10 mile stretch or however many locks like the Tardy Big Flight we've yeah done. yeah you went up there uh, yeah. so that's 30 locks yeah and um, we did that in oh, <laughs> something ridiculous like 7 hours because okay. I kept talking to other boaters saying how, how long should it take if you, even if you're on your own so, oh three, three and a half hours something like that and it took us like 7 hours because don't forget we're, we're having to stop every now and then and setting up tripods and GoPro clipping that onto a lock or something like that, or I'm being told to, re you know, to take an, an, another take on it, you know, and, and also filling in p people in the history. And, so, and, yeah. so you're, you're not, a, you're not only you're doing two things essentially. You're not only yeah. trying to work in 30 logs and two miles. Yeah, I'm also you've got, got, a you've got as well following yeah. us. <laughs> I have to sort of like, so please, you know, go ahead, please go through. So we have to wait for other people so to go through as yeah, well. Yeah, because, is that for filming reasons or just because you don't want to hold it's, them up or? I mean, in the TV world, if you watch these canal TV programs, a lot of it is produced in a sort of old school style where they, they've got pro proper camera, camera operators with huge format cameras and they're having to sort of like, you, I just take a lot more time over the shots. That's mm. something I can't afford to do. <laughs> We're trying to get somewhere. We're also trying to avoid holding other people up. And when you're in the middle of a lock flight, you've just got to get through it. 
I was going to ask the question about the filming while you're navigating. Because um, I think it was in the first series right, where you ended up in having to go in the Rochdale Canal because you kind of got... Um, and you were trying to solve a problem and you were worried about your boat. Yeah. And, I was stuck between and, two locks. And you're filming. Yeah. Mm. And we were you not tempted to just think, oh, I'll stop the filming, I'm going to address this problem? Or? Yeah, that's definitely something that I've learnt through making a lot of videos. Most of the time when I am travelling, I do, I am filming various little bits, you know. Not filming all the time, that would be just annoying. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and on that particular journey, the drone pilot that we had that day, so the producer's there, the drone pilot's there, they filmed a little bit of me going into the actual lock, which you see on the sequence. Uh, this is just outside of Todmorden, I think. And um, just for, for people who haven't seen, what, what happened, you... Well, I get stuck, um, I run aground, and I'm just about to go into a lock, and the gates behind me on this on the lower lock that I've just come through are slightly open, so they're letting water out of the lock pound. Continually, the water's getting lower it's and lower. My boat, you know, I can see where it was all rusted below the waterline. It's that it's getting that bad. Oh, wow. And I thought, I, I, if I was on like um, perhaps um, an uneven part of the canal, I don't know if it's going to tip over. Or I just didn't know because yeah. it's never happened to me before. Yeah, yeah. Continue. So I was panicking. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm making a TV show. And in the TV world, something goes wrong. That's it's, good telly, it's isn't good it? Telly. So, <laughs> yeah. I just thought, well, how am I going to film this on my own? So the challenge was that because there weren't any locals around, there weren't anyone to close the gates. Um, the producer had gone off with a drone pilot to film another section of the canal from from like far off, yeah. and um, they were just out of contact. So you're on your own with it. I rang the CRT. Oh. No response from them. So I just had to get on with it myself. And the only way to do that was to jump in the canal. So, um, yeah. But then what amazed me was that it's all documented from different angles. And I'm thinking, you've got to then get out of the water, you're sodden, and presumably set a tripod up and... Well, and, yes, uh, I've got a GoPro you, on the a boat. GoPro on the boat. Which I don't use very often. No. I'm not a massive GoPro But it just gives fan. you a, a perspective. But I've got that there. I've set yeah. that running. Yeah. I've, I've got my camera in my uh, my iPhone in my, my hands, what I use to, to record all my vlogging, and I jump in the canal, and I'm just like basically just wading through the water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with wellies that are full of canal water. Yeah, because you, you kick the wellies off there, yeah. Yes. <laughs> kick the water out of your wellies. So I'm it? rushing around, but I've also got to make sure I've got time to just prop up my camera quickly and that's get That's what I mean, that, that's why. I was, I was quite lucky. Yeah. What was your background with? Uh, brought up in um, Dorset. Yeah, um, North Dorset, yeah. No, no canals there. It's the sort of area of the country where you've got Shaftesbury, uh, the Gold Hill. Uh, it's a nice area to live in, but yeah, most yeah. people there are, are retired, and, and it's. I felt like I need to get a boat to just get out here, explore the country, and meet people. Oh, really? Yeah. My like minded people. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, that has happened to a certain extent, but I have been all sort of disappointed a little bit. Um, st <laughs> been stuck out in Runcorn on my own at the end of the was it the Trenton is it the Trenton Mersey I can't remember can't Bridgewater yeah it's um, Bridgewater yeah and I was just stuck on my own thinking this is not what I signed up signed for, up for start making the vlogs that I already had that was a hobby I already like, loved filming from the perspective of the boat I mean it's such a gift like you're just chugging along slowly and it's just really easy to get those nice little 
because it's almost like if you're a cameraman, you'd use a special type of sliding mm. um, machine to, yeah, to, yeah. to do those pull-in shots or pull-out um, shots. And, yeah. and I've just on the back of my boat, really, just using a phone. And it just seems to... Well, I've, I've honed it over the years, but it's just been... It's a... It's a gift, really. Yeah. So how did you end up? I mean, what's the journey to getting oh, to well, Runcorn? Presumably, you went. Did you go to university? Yeah, and I, I didn't do too well. I mean, I didn't. I didn't even have the right points to get into the university that I wanted to get to. I wanted to do TV and media studies. Oh, okay. So I've always wanted to work in this sort of area. Yeah. Um, but it just for a lad from Dorset, if you don't know anyone in TV, it's almost impossible. Uh, so I just kept that dream in the back of my mind and just uh, did other other things. I've done loads of stuff. I've worked in retail, bars, um, clubs. Um, I've worked in manufacturing, wow. uh, picture framing, all kinds of weird oh, jobs, sure. really. Wow. Um, but so the most recently one was in the gardening industry, and that allowed me to work from home. So I was just wow. doing like a marketing job, which did involve a pitch for a, a gardening. I can't remember who it was, but we did a vlog. I said, oh, let's just do a vlog, just of me tending my roof, my barge rooftop garden. That's how I sold it. <laughs> so I'm on top of my narrowboat roof, just you know, making a silly video. And yeah, we never did do get that pitch. We did, you know, so, so you, but I continued to do the vlogs. So. So where were you living when you made the decision to get the boat? Not, not in. Uh, I was living Wilson. at home. Yeah, uh, actually, I was split my time time between. I think I was living in London. My first taste of living on a boat through a girlfriend at the time. Her friend wanted me to keep this boat running over winter whilst they sold it. When so that was sold, yeah, I had to move back in me, with my auntie in Greenwich, uh, which right. luckily kept me in London, but yeah. you know what London's like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. expensive. So in the end, I had to move back with my folks, and that's in Dorset. And I just luckily found the Naughty Lass, my 42 foot narrow boat. I found that in a, in a about the nearest point to Dorset, which I think is uh, Trowbridge. It's well, well near, I think near Bristol it was, Canesham. Near okay. So on the Kennet and Avon. On the Kennet, yeah. Uh, yeah. People will know where that is, and you know, sure. uh, it's just that was my first experience. So I, you know, got the boat and I was just off, just off really. So yeah. you, you first was just, uh, did you go out on the water of London, waterways of London? Did you experience? Yeah. yeah so I, as soon as I got on that tiller, I was just completely addicted to it. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. I went through Isleworth. Tunnel, not Isleworth, sorry, that's on the Thames. <laughs> um, Islington, Islington Tunnel. Yes. And I thought, this is incredible. No one else gets to see this, yeah. apart from if you're on a narrowboat. This sure. is brilliant. It is interesting, because you do uh, get a completely different perspective of the city, don't you? I mean, um, it's kind of amazing. It's just a completely different side to London. It's yeah, and the communities are really quite yeah. tight, I, I think. Although I remember in, in winter, overwintering there with, with my, my boat now, and um, what was that about four years ago? And um, <laughs> I put on Facebook. I was on Facebook, but not anymore. But I was on Facebook. And I said, "Anyone want a London Boaters group? Would anyone want to go out for a drink?" And I think um, out of ten thousand odd members or whatever, <laughs> only two people responded, and I ended up just going out with one, one of the guys. <laughs> and uh, but uh, but it is a nice community. And it is, yeah. Yeah, it's. I don't know what it's like now. It's been a while since I've been down so, there. So so where did you? So after buying the boat, what was your move then? And so did you explore the KNA or? Oh yeah, were, well, were you a Liverpool to Liverpool boat straight off? Yeah, yeah. You were, yeah. My first night, first night was my sort of night before my thirty-third birthday, I think it was, and um, I remember 
there was no gear oil in the, in the gearbox. And I didn't realise you had to top that thing up. Um, I didn't let know? it run dry, I'd like to say, I'd like to state for the record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when I discovered eventually from a boatyard that that was the problem, I was like, oh my goodness, why I've been just charging into locks and not being able to stop. Well, it was just there was a delay. So you, you, the, I think how the boatyard described it, the cone in the mechanism gets stuck because there's no oil, it, it has trouble releasing and so it was just getting stuck in forward, yeah. crashing about. Um, but yeah, it was, and I was just there. The th there's a thunderstorm overhead, and I'm there trying to change the um, throttle over. I was thinking that must be the problem, and it wasn't yeah, at yeah. all. But there's a real. I think most people have that experience. The first night on their boat or first day, it's just it's mental just yeah. <laughs> it's not what you expect sometimes no, I know it's, it, I think it's always in at the deep end it seems to me yes what, what yeah. I hear from people yeah uh, the first time you were out on the water was on the KNA was it yeah yeah I followed that all the way to the Thames right to the Thames so you were you immediately a con continuous cruiser then yes yeah right so yeah. there was no doubt about that I, was just, I wasn't going to stay in the marina but, so, but I'm curious as where this impulse came from to just buy a boat and go out and explore the waterway. I mean, yeah, because I, I just, I don't experience moving about in London, so I, I, I've never, I've never known any any different. Right. In London, you have to keep moving your boat. That's it's right. just that there's so many more moorings. It seems right. like people are just moored up there forever. But yeah, sure. maybe some of them are. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just thought this is great. So if I can just keep moving around and meeting cool people and just you know and your intention then was to, to, to explore far and wide rather than stay in a limited milieu you know yeah and it comes down to like musical influences um, yeah in a way because I've really gotten into just music from Manchester like New Order and the Smiths and all that and yeah I just all that culture I'd never seen it and I'd, I'd, I'd been to Manchester before but I really wanted to just go up there and live there and just explore the north and I thought yeah I could just go move there but then if you've moved there that's it you stay in that one place it's difficult to travel around mm. and, you, and you don't really get a picture um, a feel of a place unless you take a unless you actually live there so I, I thought narrowboat was the best way to do that and was it? yeah but I didn't I didn't I didn't think oh I'm going to be a travel vlogger or whatever or I'm just you know that's what I'm going to do I just thought it, it's just what I want to do yeah and I was at a point in my life where I was thinking well I haven't gotten married no kids, um, all my friends had settled down and I was just a little bit bored to be honest. I was like, look, I've got, I've just got to do something drastic and that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Did it give you an insight being on a boat into, well, you, you mentioned Manchester being a, somewhere that you were keen to yeah. find out more about? Yeah, because, um, so obviously before Manchester, you come across, you know, amazing cities like Birmingham, where, where we are now. And it's just, yeah, I think as soon as I got to, where was it? Uh, maybe just in, in Birmingham itself there's like Camp Hill facilities Camp Hill locks there so that's the Grand Union side that yeah. you lived through as soon as I got there I just thought do you know what this is it I'm, it's happening I'm, really? I'm getting further north yeah, this is yeah. incredible I'm seeing so many different styles of canal architecture and God, this is, this is stay, real Because there's a good service point isn't there Camp <laughs> Hill that's brilliant yeah, yeah. And, and I know it is well known now um, but at the time it was just myself and another boater even though it was summertime it was just me and him right. and uh, a guy called Bernard and he had his boat and he had so many gadgets on it he was just such a fun character and, and he was a brummy as well and I just straight away I just met some really friendly Birmingham people uh, the Flapper pub at the top of um, 
uh, farmers' locks, farmers' bridge locks. They're um, talking about demolition now, aren't they? I think. Yeah. Um, Fingers crossed for them. I don't yeah. know exactly what's happening at the moment. I've got a petition going. Yeah, I've signed so many petitions about uh, yeah. place. Um, <laughs> and it's pubs like that that I just found so helpful because I'd go into the, these pubs, the community pubs, where you just be able to talk to other people at the bar and really get a sense of what that local area is like. Yeah. And I guess that if you, if, if anyone does watch my YouTube videos that I have, I have done, there, there's a segment called Pub of the Week. Yes. That's when I go into a pub and just, yeah, try and sh share that experience because it is unique when you go in your, on your own <laughs> and you somehow make a few friends for the night or whatever. It's just, yeah. It's, How do you do that? Uh, yeah, so this is a technique. Really, I've, always, I've always wanted <laughs> yeah. to be one of those people who go to the pub yes. and speak to people. Um, I'm, I'm quite shy, and so I, I well, struggle. Well, I am, really. Yeah. Um, it, it, and it has improved my confidence, but I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm a overly confident person. I'm, I'm still quite quiet and shy, and but I, I do enjoy going to the pub and just standing next to someone and going, all right, you know, what's, what's that you're drinking there? You know, just a small yeah. conversation. Sometimes they'll bite, sometimes they won't. You know, that's fine. You know, yeah, you don't have yeah. to force yourself on people and yeah. to, to try and get to know them. But I'm sure it must but give you a great stuff, insight. Yeah, the bar yeah. stuff will be the best ones because I used to work in a pub, I know what it's like. Yeah. So even just like, you know, as the glass is back and they're like, all right, cheers, mate. And just showing that you're not a... Uh, yeah, I can't swear on this podcast, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> contrast here and it's you know we're, we're right in the thick of it here but I'm still seeing a, a, a building that's got smashed out windows over there um, yeah you're right Not no much. one's doing anything there there's it's very patchy isn't it I mean, yeah if, if you go if we head on to the Worcester and Birmingham yeah that's what direction we're looking at it's, Worcester and Birmingham and it, now. the section through the university is lovely yeah, isn't got it? mailbox around that corner yeah. there and but then in fact I mean we've discussed it already you know you go mm. Camp Hill locks and it's not quite as yeah, well that's, salubrious. So that's near Small Heath and that's how it's fascinating that that's where the original Peaky Blinders, Blinders. were from. Yeah, because you can see the gasometers and apparently you, right. yeah, there's some gasometers there Brilliant. and something like, that's the region, that's kind of where roughly where they... Because they, uh, of yeah. course there was a, a lot of um, uh, the houses were in that area were just demolished weren't they because mm. of the... Um, demolishing slums it was a, as a big drive like a post-war thing right yes I'm not sure exactly what time period we're talking about but yeah so not a lot of it is, is visible there so yeah, don't yeah. go there expecting no yeah I mean they filmed Peaky Liners up in is it somewhere near um well, near Chester, I think. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Apart from the, um, the, like, cool? the museum scenes. Yeah. Um, my friend, um, our friend Phil, who runs our fa Facebook group oh, right. um, for Canal Boat Diaries, uh, he'll, he'll kick me for this one, but um, Port Sunlight. So that's right. the location for lots of oh, the okay. shots. But also, of course, the Black Country Museum, yeah. which is on the Dudley Canal, I think. Yeah. Which I'd love to visit one day, hopefully. But um, It's great. I went... Yeah. This is January actually for the first yeah. time. Yeah, it's, 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 it it's good. It's but it's good. so difficult with coronavirus. Like no, a lot think. of things are shut. Yeah, a lot of things. Like, I, I feel strange about going to pubs and making the pub of the week now because it's it's all taped up. There's you know there's a you have to go a certain way mm -hmm. and 
it doesn't it's not the same experience no but in fairness I must say that those people who are Sam yeah we're just looking across now the canal, at the canal, uh, house. canal house and it's a new newish it's a very new building isn't it and, and yeah, it's new building in the pastiche industrial era it's got it's even got the uh, pastiche crane and uh, got wooden cladding everywhere wooden cladding isn't it, pretty much, um, overhanging it looks the great but it's a nice building it is a very trendy bar so trendy. you got yeah. <laughs> but the people yeah. outside look, look happy I suppose that, that, a, they look normal it looks like a yeah. You know, if you didn't know about COVID, you wouldn't know any different. I don't think. Yeah. But We're of course on the on the the boater's side. We're on the the Worcester bar, bar. Uh, so which separates the separates yeah. the canals. I love it. I just yeah, it's canal archaeology. I'm a complete canal geek. Love it. Yeah, yeah. And that's so, something that grew over through my travels. Uh, I got more and more of an interest as I, as I sort of saw these different locations yeah. along the way. And yeah. I remember going to <laughs> I was on the Bridgewater Canal at Lee, and I went into a pub there. And some a woman leaned over. She she had a few drinks. <laughs> uh, she's with her husband. She's like, yeah, so what, what, are you, what are you doing up here? Are you from Dorset? What are you doing up here then? And, and I said, well, I, I answered wrongly. <laughs> I'm up here to see. I'm really interested in seeing more of my own country's industrial her heritage. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, whatever. You come to see how the other half lives. <laughs> <laughs> like, she just didn't, you know, didn't buy it. Just um, fair enough, because it does seem a bit per perverse sometimes. You know, what how do you mean the contrast between places? No, being a tourist of areas that are just so, so poor. Like, yeah. And, and what they've grown up with might be exciting to me, but to them it's just boring. You know, yeah, it's just what they've always had there, or it's always dilapidated to a certain extent where they just think, well, I'd rather knock it down than to, to have it, it as yeah. a reminder of the industrial past. Yeah. Was um, Runkel the place where you did your first ever vlog? Was that, yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Ah. And okay. And I think in my first week I was really excited because I got 150 subscribers. I was like, oh my goodness, how, how has this happened? This is amazing. Yeah. Um, there's people that actually appreciate my weird sort of mix of my own music, which is, yeah. I think, quite key, and, and my, my sort of fast-paced editing and my sort of wacky you sense have, of humor. There's humor in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> You've got to keep it light and I suppose so, but I think I forced it too much at the first the first instance. You're, if anyone watches my early videos and then compares that to later ones, right. um, it, the whole thing was just, it's just an exercise in becoming more and more myself rather than more and more someone else. Sure. So I started off trying to be funny and I yeah. soon realised that is not the way to, to do it. So. <laughs> I don't know, you made me laugh. Well, thanks uh, very yeah. much. Because yeah. we actually, in the magazine, we did a, you were in our, featured in our top five, I think. Uh, yeah, Was top, it top five. five? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I'm very proud of that. That's yes. on my wall. Top, uh, fifth best. Um, but no, we, no, one of the, the, the distinctive things one of the most distinctive elements to that was your humour it's not really a feature of the other your, your, your compadres in the uh, vlogger world um, so yeah that did make it stand out but you've softened the humour oh, the, the, the comedy's been reduced it, it, it comes out of nowhere and that's best the best way so something will happen yeah. and it'll be funny yeah. don't try and force it but yeah, yeah, that's, what, yeah. that's yeah. what I've said to myself just, just <laughs> go with the flow and you know You'd be the funniest when you're not trying sometimes, can't you? So, uh, I imagine yeah. so. I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> funny. Well, I, did, but, I yeah. did try and get into comedy. That was my first YouTube uh, escapades, making comedy sketches. Oh, okay. Um, so you dabbled with the, that medium yeah, before? Yeah, I knew how to edit. I've been editing for, for decades, so I'd, I'd, I'd already had that skill. So yeah. It was just, um, yeah, applying it to the vlog style, video mm. log style. 
um, you know, canal log, clog, clogging, clogging up the internet with um, random videos on narrow boating. Mm. But yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? I'm trying to be funny there. It does not work. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a tough crowd. Um, <laughs> uh, so from Roncorn, so that video was presumably quite well received and then you, yeah. you, you felt inspired to do more. Well, I mean, let's uh, skip ahead now because like, yeah. I've done lots of videos. I've got some some nice reviews in, in the magazines um, and um, then I've got to the point where I'm on the Chesterfield Canal. Very, very difficult uh, canal anyway, but I was just at the point of my narrowboat life or whatever where I just, all the jobs were getting on top of me. All, I mean, all the things I had to do to the boat, mm. all the rusty bits that I should really at attack and, mm. and all these things I should fix. Just all that list is getting longer and longer. I was going to the pubs too much. I think the World Cup was on, so I was just spending every evening in the pub watching football. When was this, then? 2018? Is it World Cup? Yeah. Um, and I was just getting onto that first rung of alcoholism. And, oh, really? Yeah. And it, it, is, it is a... You know, it's something that is. I think a lot of boaters might be able to, you know, um, empathise with. But yeah, it was just it wasn't helping me anyway. But it was, it was so hot. I was just like, oh, well, we're just gonna have a pint, aren't we? You know, yeah, sit in a pub, it's perfect. Yeah. But yeah. that became a daily thing. And then I was just getting frustrated with when I was actually cruising and just not exercising, not just not coping in general. Um, I suppose it's in the in modern parlance, you're not looking after your well-being yeah. yeah like mental health is something that's obviously been banded around a lot you know I'm very lucky that I don't suffer from um, the type of depression that some people yeah, yeah. suffer from but depression and anxiety are something some things that I know well and, mm. and I'm, I don't always know how to get out of it you know sometimes I have bad days where I just don't feel like doing anything yeah. and I just have to say to myself that's alright you know it's just fine but um, funnily enough the video that I filmed on the Chesterfield Canal was the one that was seen by Stuart, the producer, mm. uh, producer Stu, as I call him, um, at the yeah, BBC, Stuart BBC East Midlands. Yeah. And Stuart, just just to contextualise, he's made he a lot of canal TV yeah. oh, prior yes. to meeting yeah. Britain Afloat, he did. Britain Afloat. Um, and he also produced, or was assistant producer on Canals, the making of Britain. Making of a nation. Making of a nation. That's it. Yeah, he'll, he's going to... And was that one where... He's going to kill me for not knowing that <laughs> one. Yeah, I feel like I should have researched that, because he was obviously going to get a mention. Yeah, but was, it was point, Liz McIver presenting. That's it, Liz, yeah. Liz yeah, yeah. And so I knew that yeah, he's, he's a guy I can trust. And he's he, a boat for himself as well, of course. Yeah, he's owned several boats. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not got one at the moment because he's got a family and all that, and he, and he has a... It just doesn't suit his lifestyle at the moment. I reckon. I imagine he'd be buying a small boat. I reckon he's seeing it again yeah. one day. Yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm just talking to him. I was thinking, this sounds good. You know, it's, it doesn't sound like I'm going to be. You know, you always worry about selling out. Well, I do. <laughs> how, did, how did he approach them? Was he? Did he get your just number? Just called up, and I don't, so, I don't know. He got my number. So maybe. I got a tweet from an assistant producer, Nisha, and she, she tweeted me, and then he sent me an email, I think, that was it. Because you can find my email, if you look on YouTube, you can find my email on the about oh, okay. somewhere. Or oh, giving that away now, I I'm yeah. going to be emailing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he, he eventually called me and said, can I, I'll come and visit you on your boat, because I was in Newark upon, upon oh, yeah. at yeah. the time. Yeah. Not having a great time, actually. Oh, really? my, my bed was moved down one end of the boat. The toilet tank was in pieces. Oh, right. Couldn't use the toilet. It was being 
welded and rewelded together. I was just like, I was just not enjoying it. And I was actually thinking of getting a new boat, getting a different boat. Right. I'm just so glad I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. He turned up and I said, do you really want that on, on BBC? You know, at the time, it was, I'd just been taking the paint back and it was all, you know, just the bare metal and, and bits he, of paint everywhere. What did he and, say then? He said, no, this is, this is the real side this of boating. Authentic. And that's the programme I want to make. Right, Because right. we'd, we'd have great canal journeys, wonderful series, but it's... It's almost like the postcard, postcard side of yes. narrow boating, isn't it? It's, it's very picturesque yeah. and, and gentle, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And um, you just, I just think. And this is a kind of more of a warps and all type perspective, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have it any other way because I don't want to portray this lifestyle as just being. 100% oh it's lovely it's yeah. great and this, yeah. it's all perfect because it's not it's yeah. which is like any sort of lifestyle there's, there's good and bad isn't there for sure but uh, I definitely didn't want to you know, create an advert for living on boats because mm. what, what's the point in that yeah yeah indeed <laughs> yeah I think one boat is shouting at me going, oh, you ruined it for all of us. <laughs> but uh, and I, I, was thinking, I was thinking the other day, well, I must have done something for tourism in this country, but you I don't think, think so, because so, I meet so many hire boats who haven't got a clue, haven't seen any of the series or anything. So uh, <laughs> they, just, they just wanted to get a holiday. Um. Well, I, I think I think awareness of oh, waterways is definitely growing. I, I, yeah, I, it has, hasn't it? it yeah. I'm sure it has. Yeah. So having met with Stuart, you, you realised it was... You know, he, he he told you what he wanted to do, and then how did it go from progress from there? Yeah, I had a lot of learning to do. Really. Yeah. <laughs> and although they, well, did you have, did thought, you have to go for formal training? I thought I'd have to train as a presenter because I'd never done that, and I always sort of thought thought well, maybe I should do that. Um, and I and I see people like um, obviously David Johns cruising the cut. I was thinking I can I can't do that. That's that's a level of professionalism that I could never aspire to. Well, he's the next um, reporter. ITV, yeah. yeah. And yeah. also um, Journey with Jono. Uh, he was he, a again, BBC reporter. Yeah. Um, so naturally, uh, they're going to be comfortable and... Yeah, and I, I was thinking, I can't do that. In front of camera. But the executive producer, Tony, um, he was very adamant that I would... He said, I said, whatever you do, don't become a presenter. I want you to just keep that, keep it as real. Keep it to being, be yourself. You know, if you want to make a joke about something, you want to share your opinion on something, you've, you've got freedom to do that. Um, they probably joked after saying, you can always edit it out if it's that bad. <laughs> but they, they, were, they really wanted it to be just authentic. And yeah. I think when you have a presenter on a, on a TV show saying, this is the waterways, this stretch of the canal here goes on down for several hundred miles or whatever. Mm. And it's just, it's, I don't know if it, it takes you out of it somehow. It kind um, of puts a di- where you there's a, a barrier creates between, a distance yes, between the re- yeah. whereas your trick is that you talk to the camera as though it's a mate abroad as though you're speaking directly to the person who's watching I think I'm glad you said that because there are times I think I've wrote that I think I've wrote that in our top five uh, so I'm just rehashing the line that I already used but no I, but you're on the I, money it doesn't there mean that it's, that's, that's exactly what you know well, comes that's over what, what I use my I've got my phone and I'm recording I'm on a tidal river I'm going at like 10 miles an hour guys. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that's fast um, yeah. and the only thing that's keeping me from you know absolutely just te- sheer terror mm. is this connection that I'm, I've got with perhaps someone who might <laughs> find the footage later on yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know just the, the knowledge that I'm not alone because obviously I am very much alone when I am travelling around does that get to you? 
uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a really lonely year. Um, this year, yeah, because of coronavirus and because of the um, BBC's guidelines, which are very strict. Um, couldn't have anyone on board, on board the boats. No visitors. Right. I couldn't go on anyone else's boat. Um, I couldn't come in, come within two meters of other people. Obviously, you know, it wasn't just guidance. It was something that I needed to do in terms of my contract and wearing face coverings at all times and stuff like that. So, where were you when it really kicked um, off? I mean, March. On the Shropshire Union. I can't remember exactly where. So but, did you have um, to just moor up and? Yeah. Where um, did you? Where did you kind of sit out the? Uh, well, the lockdown. I don't think it'd be too much of a surprise because I did make a few videos about it. Is oh. that I I spent lockdown was fantastic for me really because I managed to bond with my girlfriend's daughter to the to the to the extent that I'm a stepfather now. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, so I've got a stepdaughter. I've, okay. you know, I've got a, an instant family all, all, yeah. in a way, um, which is just incredible. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, it might mean that I'm spending more time on land because how can I have a family? How can I be happy? How can I have a family if I'm on, on my own on a boat? Yeah, um, yeah. So it has been a lonely year because we've um, the guidelines were that I couldn't have um, family members over when we're filming and uh, mm. that sort of thing. So although I could have a visit from a girlfriend, she's got a job, she's got a whole life. It's two different lives and, and it's so difficult for those to meet in the middle. Mm. And because I couldn't travel on public transport, that was another thing that the BBC oh, yeah. were hot on. You know, I'd have to take a, a special taxi, sit in the back with a mask on. Right. Which <laughs> is such a weird thing, but that's, that's how it, we had to do that, just to protect the other protection, production staff members. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, so it's just such an isolating experience. But at the same time, I've had such a great year. All the sights that I've seen and the moorings that I've had, right out in the middle of nowhere, yeah, being yeah. able to share them with people who watch the series. And yeah, it's just... So what's been, the, what, yeah. where, where have you travelled and what's been the... And where do you aim to end up? Um, yeah, so right now I'm, I'm at the... I don't want to spoil it for people because, no. um, you know, there is there are several moments in the series where you're thinking, oh, God, you know, is he actually going to... Is he going to do it? Is he going to make it? You know? yeah, Especially in the last... We don't even exactly, know, Exactly, do you don't yeah. know. I want, uh, obviously, I want people to, to watch it with that sense of, sure. you know, yeah, what yeah. could happen next. Because anything, literally anything could happen. You don't know what's... We don't... We can't plan it out. That's the you great know, joy. Yeah. So you do... When you do encounter a problem, it's documented and... Yeah, I think yeah, anyone who's filming on the canals will say that. You know, yeah. you can't... You can't plan a journey to the exact hour or yeah. you know so um, but yeah um, so the journey goes from Ellesmere Port down to Birmingham Gas Street Basin and that goes via Stratford upon Avon going backwards here uh, Worcester um, so that's skipping through the tide a big flight so Worcester Birmingham yeah yeah um, and other places like um, well Kidderminster and um, so places that you wouldn't normally think yes. of focusing on what's Kidderminster know? like yeah, it used to be a big carpet manufacturer that's exactly yes. how did you know that that's amazing things you learn um, yeah it, it's famous for its carpets and all that but um, and I was, and I all, I'm always trying to find oh is there like a more modern music connection or is there mm. an industrial um, heritage style fact that perhaps not many people know about that I can dig out Um, and also there's there's other places that I passed by which is obviously like Chester and that was so strange because in June the lockdown was still so severe that just a lot of every shot was shut and so it's difficult to film and really 
make the most of that location. Did you have a problem getting provisions or anything like that? Yeah, you did? I really did, yeah. Because a lot of the time, especially if we got the drone pilot with us all day, we'd have to rush past water points, we're having to rush past facilities, rush past shops sometimes, just having to fight for... I've just got to stop, I've just got to get some bread. (laughs) (laughs) just got to get some milk or whatever, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oat milk, of course. Um, you know, don't uh, do your normal milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is, I've got strange tastes. You see, I'm not. I've got, um, you know, dietaries, as probably some people would say. But um, why are you vegan? No, I, actually, oh. I, you know, I know a lot of people are, but that's. You know, that's not my bag. But yeah, I, you know, I'm always trying to look at um, ways of doing things better and to cut back stuff that perhaps I don't need, whether it be in terms of. Uh, gizmo gadgets on board mm. or um, yeah, foods that are making me feel tired or whatever because yeah, I, okay. I don't know if anyone else experiences this but I get like a, a really really bad food coma oh. after um, eating things that that I've I've, I've I've been told is a food intolerance such as yeah. okay. goat's cheese and rapeseed oil is a big one that's, right. in, that's pretty much everything unfortunately and, right. and even, even milk so um, yeah cow's milk so it's yeah, it's weird, but um, so but you, you, as anyone who travels in waterways knows, it's very difficult to to, to shop for certain types of food. Mm. If the only shop that's near your boat, and if you've only got your your feet to, to get trans- yeah, yeah. It, you, you're looking at a spa or a Londis or a yeah. one stop yeah. or other convenience stores <laughs> are available. <laughs> but it's still, yeah. it's uh, nine o'clock at night and there's, there's, yeah. no, there's not yeah. a great deal of option. Go to the petrol station and no. see what you can get, really. Um, I've got, I keep it like a bag of that, you know, like a protein powder or whatever. So sometimes okay. I'm, I'm having to sort of have a, oh, a jug of that instead of an actual <laughs> meal. Um, but, but, actually, but it helps you get creative with food as well. Um, so, you know, you stock up... I know a lot of people during lockdown stocked up on as much um, dry foods as they could. Yeah. Uh, I remember feeling it was quite difficult because when you go to the smaller convenience store, there's just not a lot of stuff on the there's shelves. Do you remember that? Show. I it do remember just, that. Yeah. It seems... Uh, it's mad, yeah, isn't it? it was a strange period of time. Yeah. People like toilet rolls very, and things like yeah. that. It's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was... And obviously, you've got a narrow boat. You haven't got that much space to, to really Have stock up on stuff. Have you got a fridge in the freezer on your boat? Yeah, uh, for the first four years of my having a boat, I didn't have a fridge at all, and I don't, okay. I don't really know how I survived. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a lot of food poisoning. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it, Robert. I know, it's just not worth it. Fridge. it? Um, really? You made yourself poorly? It hasn't made me tougher in my constitution any tougher, I've got to say. But yeah, just, I used to keep, I would, I would keep um, cured meats and stuff like that, yeah. which I knew would be alright. Yeah, yeah. It gets a certain point where it's in the summer. such a huge pleasure to be on this podcast because I love no, listening great. to podcasts it's like the radio it's like your friend isn't it yeah, yeah. definitely um, I'll listen to um, yeah Adam Buxton a little bit and um, even like Peter Crouch football podcast no, um, that, yeah. my friends uh, comedians seldom differ they, they call themselves and they make a wonderful podcast called Terrible Features um, and it's just little things like that that really keep me going when I'm mm. on my own mm. And um, so it's a real privilege to be on your your podcast. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Choosing the 
write insurance for your narrowboat Wide Cruiser can be hard work, but the friendly team at MS Amlin Boat Insurance will provide a quote tailored specifically to your boating needs and really take the hassle out of insuring your boat. Call 01732 223 650 or visit boatinsure.co.uk.